0: Sif Pop podcast reported in front of a live internet audience.
1: Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks. A podcast that once got stuck in a corn maze in Missouri for over two hours. It's Sif It was a nightmare, I tells ya. It was a nightmare. <laughs> Welcome to Was Cif- it
0: one of
1: those haunted corn mazes? Uh no, it actually wasn't. It was a nice daylight. Just find your way out of the corn maze. Well, that's good. Uh I would not be here if it was a haunted corn maze. Uh I would not have made it through. Welcome to Sif Pop streaming live on Spreaker every Saturday afternoon or available to download later in a podcast feed. Unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get those perks. I'm Aaron dicer from YourMovieFriend.com, and each week we're joined by a pop culture guru to chat about movies, television, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. And today's guru, it's the Curious Low. That's me, that's me! Hey Lowe, how you been?
0: Pretty good, pretty good.
1: Uh, we'll talk about where you've been and what your life has, you know, entailed since you've been on last, which by the way, I think it was two years ago, maybe a year and a half, something like it that. It was.
0: And I mean, maybe this is a spoiler for what I've been up to, but it was about three months into my pregnancy when I was last on. That's
1: right. <laughs> yes, indeed it was. Um, before we get into that, I will say uh, Andrew couldn't make it on the show today. Everything's fine. Just wanted to give everybody a heads up uh, that he was busy elsewise. But yeah, let's talk about uh, talk about the baby, the process. Like, how have you been like being a mom and all that stuff? Okay, everything going Okay.
0: Oh yeah, I love it. It's super fun. <laughs> he's a really great kid. His name's Dean, and yeah, he's eight months old today. And he's a little—he's got a little attitude and learning how to stand and crawls everywhere, babbles a ton. It's super cute.
1: Is named after Dean Cain, right? Who played Superman? I'm, I'm assuming. Uh,
0: sure. <laughs> no, <laughs> my husband's middle name is Dean, and uh, his grandfather's name was Dean, so oh, there's nice. kind of that family name. But uh, he has two middle names, and one of them is Dameron.
1: Ah! Now, is that legit? Is that, like, on the birth certificate?
0: Yep. His name is Dean Thomas Dameron Groen. Nice!
1: Oh, that's amazing. (laughs) That is awesome. I mean, like,
0: middle names are basically just, like, you have a middle initial, which, by the way, would be T, since he has two middle names. Uh And, like, you never use them for anything, so it's like, why not slip a little fun thing in there, and it's... Not like I'm naming him something crazy for his first name, so we won't get made fun of, but it's like a fun fact.
1: Yeah, no, that's... I like it. <laughs> Dameron's not a bad name. Like, that's, you know...
0: fun fact about me, I lived in France until I was nine, and it's actually a French last name, so a lot of people who don't know Star Wars, I just end up being like, oh yeah, it's a, it's a French last name, and you know, just kind of like... Getting some of my roots in there. That's totally the whole reason. It's not because of my favorite character from the new Star Wars movies. What are you talking about?
1: (laughs) Well, it's become a matter of tradition since you bring it up uh, the last several weeks to ask whoever is on, if they haven't been on since The Last Jedi came out, uh, for their feelings. Because Andrew and I disagree pretty strongly about the movie. I know. Which is typical in kind of the response to the movie. A lot of people loved it. A lot of people hated it. Uh, So what were your thoughts? What did you think about The Last Jedi?
0: I, well, first time I saw it, I really liked it. Second, third, fourth time I saw it, loved it. It was (laughs) a lot of the things that people talk about as far as like, you know, it's different and there's some weird things that I wasn't expecting, but once I got over that hurdle of... You know, I'm, a, I'm an internet person. I make YouTube videos and I'm involved in, you know, different things of breaking down trailers and, you know, I'm totally on board with that. I know sure. you are not, but I think <laughs> that, that kind of bit me in the butt <laughs> with this a little bit because I was so into expecting like who are Ray's parents going to be and all these mm-hmm. different things yeah. and some of that stuff didn't necessarily come to fruition. I just needed to take a step back, wrap my mind around it, realize that, of course, Everything that the internet was guessing was not going to be true. It's Mm -hmm. impossible. Right. And then to go see it again, I was like, oh, I love it. And honestly, every single time, I've seen it four times in theaters now, every single time I get chills Mm. during a certain uh, sequence of lightsaber battling that I don't (laughs) want to spoil just in case, you know, the 1% of the population that hasn't seen this movie yet is listening. But it's given me legit goosebump chills every time I've seen it, so I think that's a good sign for me at least.
1: Well, when you said the you know third fourth time you saw it, I figured <laughs> you we were going with loved it. Uh, I I didn't yeah. figure you'd have been back four times for something that was painful <laughs> to you. Um, no, no. I had a very similar experience, which I you know I've talked about many times. I actually just heard an interview with Ryan Johnson that I would highly recommend if you don't listen to uh the slash film cast uh i'd recommend at least checking out this episode uh ryan johnson is actually a friend of theirs who was on their podcast before he was doing big movies and so um they they actually are able to chat with him and uh talk and kind of it, it feels so much more relaxed than i've heard him in other interviews which I absolutely love, and he talks about, you know, kind of his response to the internet, backlash, all that kind of stuff. And he says he actually had a document where they went over every single possible, you know, parentage for Ray. You know, these are all the places Ray, you know, could have come from and talked about every single one, how it would make sense story-wise, what the message of it would be, you know, kind of all those things. Uh, you know, from, you know, the things that we would think about, you know, as far as, you know, being, you know, Luke's daughter or those kind of things all the way down to her being a robot and somebody created her, uh, you know, it's just like every single, and that was never an option really, but they wanted to write down everything just so they could really kind of see it on the page. So I found all that stuff really interesting and I would highly recommend you check it out again. It's the slash film cast. Uh, if you search for slash film in your podcast player, you should be able to find it. I've been a listener to their podcast for a long time. Uh, so it's really cool to kind uh, you know kind of hear them talking to Ryan and get a little more in depth about that kind of stuff but i wish andrew were here he could defend himself as you know somebody not liking it seems like everybody that comes on really likes it so you know poor andrew gets to be alone
0: he can just listen to this afterwards and Think about all the amazing things he would have said to counter our points.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he was gonna see it a second time, and I don't think he has. Uh, I still wonder. Oh, man. I still wonder when he sees it again if he's gonna like it better, because um, that does seem to be a typical story. But uh, I oh yeah, also-
0: basically everybody I've talked to has said that that it's it's like the second time when you go in just knowing what to expect it. Makes the viewing experience that much more enjoyable.
1: I also never want to dismiss people who don't like something as if their reasons are invalid. So I'm always really care- careful about that too. Um, not not everybody has to love every movie either. And if he comes away a second time and goes, no, I, that's still not for me. Um, you know, that's not something I have to you know convince him or anybody else about. You know, we all can have our own experiences with stuff. Um, it's kind of one of the the founding beliefs of Sif Pop, if you will, is that everybody gets to have their own experience with pop culture, whatever part of pop culture that is, and there's no judgment, you know, whether you like or dislike something, it's, you know, it's kind of in your own world, right?
0: Oh, for sure, for sure.
1: All right, well, I'm excited to talk about a, mo- a movie other than Star Wars. Uh, we're going to chat a little bit of Maze Runner, uh, the latest sequel. Uh, of course, we've also got a lot of other stuff happening. We'll get some buried treasure in at the end. We've got a fun Sift quest that we're going to go on. Uh, and we've got Best Ever Movies with Run in the title as well. Before we get to any of that, though, we usually do some Do We Care, but Andrew prepares those. And since he's not here, I thought maybe we'd just talk about the biggest news that happened this week, which, of course, is the official Oscar nominations have come out. I guess I'll ask you this first, Lo. Do you care about the Oscar nominations?
0: I do. I do. So Not you- as much as maybe some people, but I do.
1: Okay, so you you enjoy the awards. You're not like one of those people that's like, awards mean nothing, I don't know why people care about them, that kind of stuff?
0: Oh, not at all. I think that all awards shows have their place, and certainly some are for different groups of people or different types of movies, and I think the Oscars are certainly guilty of that, but I don't think that's a bad thing. I just think... That's a certain group of people voting on movies, just like the Critics' Choice Awards are a certain group of people voting on movies.
1: Yeah, exactly. What were some of your thoughts when you saw what the official awards were? Did you have anything that stood out to you or popped out to you?
0: Uh, honestly, it was all stuff that I kind of expected. I mean, I feel like this always happens with the Oscars because you've already had um, the Golden Globes and you sort of can suss out the, the movies that are going to start to rise to the top in that sense. Um I, with everybody else on the internet, am a bit confused as to why—not necessarily that Boss Baby got a nomination because (laughs) I get it—but that Lego Batman didn't get one. That's sort of weird to me because I thoroughly enjoyed that movie and I thought they did a really great job with it. And Boss Baby was kind of silly. Yeah, (laughs) not that silly is bad, but it just when it's when it's that instead of Lego Batman, I'm like, "Eh, I don't know about that.
1: This is an interesting year in that I think overall the movies this year were really good. Like, there's a lot of really good movies that came out this year. Um, The animated movies that came out this year is not the same. There were, you know, it's it's a pretty down year for animated films. You've got Coco at the top. And then, you know, as far as mainstream animated films, there's really not a lot other than Lego Batman to jump up and down about. Um,
0: Cars 3.
1: I, you know, cars three is fine. It's great. And I love it, you know, being such a Pixar fan, but it's, you know, it's not like, you know, change the world. Great. Uh, and, you know, I can see, you know, cars three Ferdinand, you know, some of those others at that level, um, you know, sneaking in maybe one, but to, to have boss baby and Ferdinand in, in not Lego Batman seemed really strange to me. And I don't understand where the disconnect is or the bias is that's keeping the Lego Batman yeah. movie out. It just doesn't seem to make sense think, to me.
0: I think most people are kind of in agreement that Coco will probably win. Um, I, I think as far as of the ones that I've seen, which are Ferdinand, Coco and boss baby, that it is the best. I haven't seen the other
1: two. Yeah. Um, I've seen but, loving Vincent. I have not seen okay. the breadwinner. Um, okay. So that's just kind of what I've seen.
0: But it's, you know, it's also just, it's, it's good to be nominated. Like, that's a good accolade to have. And I think that in a year when Boss Baby is nominated, Lego Batman should have been too. But whatever, I'm beating a horse to death, so. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, Lego Movie also didn't get nominated. So I wonder if there's something about the style of animation, if, you know, Maybe. if Oscar voters just don't like Legos. I don't know. Like, you know, maybe they're more um, you know, uh what what are the other, you know, building block companies? Um maybe they're more Duplo is Lego. Yeah, there you go. Maybe they're <laughs> more think of anything else. Yeah, maybe they're more Duplo people. You know? Maybe they're more uh you know, um what's the little the little log cabin um Oh block? Lincoln logs? Yeah, maybe they're Lincoln logs. You know, who knows? But uh, yeah. but it's a hard one to figure out. The only other real big surprise for me was Denzel Washington getting nominated for Best Actor for uh, Roman J. Israel. Uh, I know a lot of people haven't seen that movie. I have. Uh, it is not good. Uh, it is—his performance is big. It's like one of those big performances, but it's not like it's a great performance. And especially when it's in such a bad movie— um, I don't know. That one really surprised me how that got in over, you know, some of the other performances that are out there this year. Um, you know, people talking about army hammer or any of those, you know, performances doing their thing.
0: Yeah. I haven't seen that, so I can't really comment.
1: Yeah. Um, I Tanya didn't get nominated for best picture, not necessarily a huge surprise, but, um, I thought it might've been in there. Uh, this is maybe the most accessible group of Best Picture nominees in a long time. There's, you know, so many of these movies like Get Out and Lady Bird, um, you know, The Post, uh, even The Shape of Water, Dunkirk, Darkest Hour, you know, they're they're big mainstream, you know, type movies. The only real artsy maybe kind of movies like Festival Circuit kind of movies are Call Me By Your Name. Um, and really, that's the only one. I don't even think you'd consider like Phantom Thread or Three Billboards more of an, you know, kind of artsy, you know, circuit type kind of thing.
0: Oh, yeah. I have to admit that most years I've probably heard of about half-ish of the movies that get nominated before they're nominated. Right. Um, and then I have to go back and kind of do my research, but I think I'd heard of almost every single one. I'm sure there's, you know, some of the foreign movies and stuff like that that I hadn't heard of, but, you know, for those big big name stuff, i heard of all of them if not
1: seen most of them so how many of them have you seen
0: oh uh i mean well, let's see here the shape of water i tanya Ladybird, call me by your name three billboards i saw dunkirk i uh, probably like you know half of the big name ones which for me having a newborn is pretty good
1: <laughs> yeah no that's great no that's that's especially considering there's nine of them as well uh, did you mention Phantom yeah. Thread? Did you get a chance to see Phantom Thread? I did not. That's, man, i that's one of those movies that I always want to know people's opinions on because it's such an interesting movie. Uh, Paul Thomas Anderson is so hit and miss for me, but I really enjoyed Phantom Thread, so I'm always curious to hear what other people had to think about it. So if you ever do get a chance to see it, maybe, like, send me a text or something or, you know, I tweet will. at me. Let me know what <laughs> you think because I'd be definitely curious about that. Um, as far as, you know... Things you're rooting for? Is there anything you look down the list and you're just like, man, I really hope this person or this movie wins? You know, this is you know something I really enjoyed. Like, what what stands out to you is something that you would watch the show and be like, oh, I want that to win.
0: I am rooting for Itonia for Margot Robbie. I just watched that. I just saw it like, I don't know, a week She's or two so ago, good. and it is amazing she's so good in it and her performance is so funny and real at the same time um that movie overall i think should have been nominated for more stuff than it was even though it was nominated for a few things i just think they did such a good job with it um i really like the shape of water i'm a bit conflicted on that because uh my grandparents were deaf and i speak or sign asl Mm -hmm. um, not fluently but i'm pretty good at it and a lot of the asl in that movie isn't Like, it's kind of gibberishy. Oh.
1: Um, Which is a big
0: pro. Honestly, it's not really this movie's fault uh, in that it, like, all movies do this. In fact, Baby Driver was the first movie I'd seen, maybe ever, that, like, big movie that had correct, like, accurate portrayals of deaf people and people who use ASL. Um, So I'm, like, conflicted on that. I thought it was a good movie, but I'm, like, I don't know. It's no, kind I of totally crazy. get it. <laughs> it's like my own little like thing that I care about.
1: It's it's kind of like when you're watching, uh, if, you know, a foreign film or something, and they have you know a section that's in English, and you can tell that they're just being told what syllables to say that they don't actually understand. You know the yeah. words that they're making. I think that probably is a natural result of people who don't sign and don't know ASL uh, being taught. You know how to do it. Uh, that it right, probably just right. doesn't come out um, perfect because I imagine I'm sh- I'm sure they have people on set that are you know fluent.
0: I I mean, I, and the thing is, like, it could be some sort of international sign language that I am just not familiar with. But I mean, I've seen people online talking about it too, and that it's not extremely accurate. So, it, like I said, I'm not fluent uh, by any means in ASL. I just know it well enough to it, some because. It, ASL in just all sign languages are very body intensive. Um, Mm -hmm. It's not just about the hands. And that was something that Baby Driver did really well in that um, the actor who was playing uh, Baby's, I guess, adoptive father is actually deaf and speaks sign language fluently. And you could tell because he has the movements down. He has the facial expressions down, which are part of the language. Right, sure. It's like speaking Chinese without understanding how to change your tone. Right. You know, like you can Mm -hmm. say the syllables, but it's not going to make sense. Same thing, if you're not moving your body, if you're not using your face, even like mouthing your lips, which maybe for somebody who doesn't uh, understand sign language might think that's counterintuitive, but that's part of sign language. And they didn't really have that, especially since she's mute and not deaf, that like she understands what people are saying that like she would definitely be mouthing and she doesn't really it again it's my own little soapbox this is my hill to die on <laughs>
1: <laughs> no i think that's valuable i think that's a really important perspective does that mean you're rooting for baby driver in the categories that it's nominated in was that one of your favorites
0: oh yeah i baby driver was my favorite movie of the year last year oh, beat out Star Wars, which nice. A surprise for me i loved baby driver oh my gosh Don't get me started on Baby Driver because I will talk your ear off.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it actually has a decent shot at winning, especially in the sound editing categories. Oh, yeah. I I, I think you might see Baby Driver win an Oscar. So it's nice to see it nominated several times uh, across the awards. Um, The one that I'm rooting for, I mean, obviously I'm rooting for Coco to win Best Animated, but I think that's kind of a given anyway. Uh, I'm Mm -hmm. also rooting for it to win Best Song. Uh, I just think Remember Me is such a great song, and I'm so afraid that This Is Me uh, is going to uh, beat it. I feel the
0: exact same way. <laughs>
1: uh, I, there's not, listen, This Is Me is actually a great song. It really is. It's powerful. It's fun. The, the choreography in Greatest Showman is kind of mind-blowing in many ways.
0: Oh, oh, yeah. Uh, but I, As a dancer, it's amazing. I'm a professional hip-hop dancer, and I've done basically all other types of dance, and it's so good. The choreography is, for me, the best part of that movie.
1: Yeah, and it's just the movie itself is problematic with the life of P.T. Barnum, and the movie itself mm-hmm. also doesn't care to go anywhere really deep. It's all very surface, doesn't care to really explore any of the questions it wants to ask or themes it wants to introduce. So, you know, I'm not a fan of that movie. I'm just afraid that 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 song is going to beat out Remember Me. And so that's the one where I think I'll be sitting watching the TV going, come on, remember me. Come on, Coco. <laughs> but uh, but other, oh, yeah. other than that, I don't necessarily have, you know, a huge rooting interest. Uh, in In fact, I've said this before. When you look at the Best Picture race, there are maybe four or five of those that I will be thrilled if they win Best Picture. Like, it's just like if Get Out wins Best Picture, that's such a, a big deal, oh a huge gosh. thing. Like if Ladybird f- finds a way to do it, that's another movie I really loved and would be such a great thing for Greta Gerwig. And, uh, and I just, you know, Phantom Threads, kind of the same way. What a surprise. Shape of Water has the momentum. And so I think that's why I would be so thrilled if anything other than Shape of Water won, not that that's a bad movie, but I didn't like love, love it. It was just one of those movies that I, I can appreciate it and I really liked it. But there are so many other movies nominated that I really loved that I think I'll get excited if if something other than Shape of Water you know can pull it off. Unless it's Three Billboards, and then I'll be disappointed. But uh, but that's just me.
0: Yeah, I didn't love Three Billboards. Nah, me either. What did you think? What did you think about Dunkirk? I don't really remember what you thought of it because I know lots of people didn't love it, and I really really did like it.
1: So here's my thing with Dunkirk. Um, I will be fine if Dunkirk somehow builds some momentum and wins, especially if Nolan wins Best Director. He's such a such a great talent, and what he does in Dunkirk is really impressive. Um, I think he shot a little higher than he was able to accomplish with Dunkirk. I think the the conceit of the th- you know the three different storylines and how they take place uh, is a little bit confusing at times. And I, if, if he had nailed that perfectly, I think it would have been, you know, uh, in my top five movies of the year. As is, it's still in my top 41, my favorite 41 of the year. I still really enjoyed it. Uh, the other thing that, as a movie viewer, I didn't enjoy was I didn't really care about anybody in the movie. But that's not what he's trying to do. Like, there's no backstory. There's no you know, uh investment in them because of what you know oh, yeah. about them. It's not them. a character driven movie. Exactly. It's very much an event driven movie. And mm-hmm. uh and as a viewer, that's not my favorite. Uh as uh somebody who can respect artistry, it's incredibly impressive. And the uh the artistry of it is I I think genius. So, you know, it's kind of that back and forth for me. It's like wasn't a great viewing experience for me. Um, I still liked it, but when I think about it, um, I think it was an incredibly made film.
0: Makes sense.
1: So yeah. So I'll be great. I'm I'll be great if Dunkirk wins stuff, uh, but I'm not necessarily rooting for it like I am some of the right. others. Well, that's a look at the Oscars. Um, let's take a look at Maze Runner the Death Cure. I can handle Thomas, he'll show up eventually. That's what I'm afraid of.
0: They took you because you're immune to a plague that's wiping out the human race.
1: They think you're worth sacrificing to find a cure. They'll never stop we're going to stop them. Thomas leads some escaped gladders on their final and most dangerous mission yet. To save their friends, they must break into the legendary Last City, a wicked controlled labyrinth that may turn out to be the deadliest maze of all. Uh, sure. Yes. If you want to, you know, really stretch <laughs> to tie in the maze theme of Maze Runner, which hasn't run mazes since the first movie. Um, I tell you my experience and then I'd like to hear yours. I loved the first Maze Runner. Uh, I thought it was a really great surprise. Loved the characters, loved the concept, loved the, you know, how interesting it was, that world of them, you know, trying to figure out what this maze was, who they were, all that kind of stuff, the mystery of it. Really enjoyed it. It was one of my favorites that year. And then the second movie came along. And as you could probably hear in my tone, I was like, where did all the maze running go? Like It's just like, now it's like these, you know, it had lost so much of that life and energy that I loved about the first one. And I just found myself confused. I was like, wait, there's zombies now? Like, what what is this movie? Uh, And so I I really didn't enjoy that experience. Um, So, you know, coming into the third movie... It had lowered my expectations to kind of see what was going on in here. So that's kind of how I came into it. What's been your experience with the first two?
0: I saw the first movie. I, very similar to you, loved it. I such an interesting concept, and I really love, like, uh, desperation movies. I don't know if that's a genre, but you know just these these boys, these kids banding together and you know fighting against hope that they're gonna be able to get out of this maze and like I think that's a it's a it's a good emotion that I like to feel when I'm watching movies. So I loved all that. The ending happened and I was like, this movie just went from being like a like an eight out of ten like a fun romp to being like a solid five <laughs> just because I was like, man like, The whole reason, and I get it, it's science fiction, it's a YA book. I mean, not that YA is bad, I love YA, but like, I get it, you know, it's, they're kind of stretching some science a little bit, but like, really, you need to put kids in a maze to get a serum? Like, (laughs) that's what we're going with here? It just, the reason behind the maze made the maze so much less exciting for me. Yeah. uh, Because it was something so convoluted. Uh, second movie, it was kind of forgettable. I did, in between those two, read the first novel, okay, which I personally thought was better than the movie. I think they changed some weird stuff. Um, okay. So, going into this third movie and, and also going into the second movie, I had a little bit more background in stuff that was happening in the books that I didn't have for the other two movies. Um which says nothing to how good the movie is because you shouldn't need to have read the books to understand things that are happening. But I do think that it gave me a little bit of a, I don't know, leg up on my enjoyment of this third movie because I had more info than I had with the previous ones.
1: Okay. Well, that's good. That's good perspective. It's good background. Uh, we'll probably get more into kind of that that thing you're talking about where the movie is better at asking questions than it is at answering those questions. Um, the
0: Lost of movie series.
1: <laughs> now wait, you don't you don't want to get into it with me about Lost? I will defend. Oh, I will Lost defend Lost. One
0: of my favorite shows of all time. I love it, but it's a character story. It's not a. Yes, it's not a, like a question. Exactly, story.
1: exactly, and and that's that's. I feel like what happened with the finale is everybody had turned it into an answer all the questions story. uh But oh, anyways, sure. let's not get distracted. Uh, yeah. let's do liked it, loved it. It was just okay. Disliked it or hated it. What did you feel about the death cure?
0: I liked it. I didn't love it. I thought it was better than the second movie.
1: Liked uh, it. ditto. Almost exactly the same. Uh, i lowered my dec- expectations enough that I did like this. I did enjoy watching this. Lots of problems, lots of flaws. And we can talk about those, but overall okay. I did have a good time. I didn't enjoy it as much as I enjoyed the first one. But um, certainly it's better than the second one, in my opinion. What were some of the things that you liked?
0: Um, well, I'm a bit of a Dylan O'Brien fangirl. I loved Teen Wolf, so I'm, I kind of went into the first movie and the subsequent movie is kind of being like, Yay, Dylan! It's Thomas, right? The main guy? Yes, yeah, yeah okay. that's the main character. Yeah. Um, so I, I was very much on board, and I thought he did a great job. I also love uh, – what is his name? He was also in Game of Thrones. Um, he played Newt. I forget the actor's name. But um. he, I also think, did a really good job. He got some kind of fun – as far as a movie like this goes, some fun yeah. juicy stuff to kind of get into and scream about and stuff like that. So I thought he, he got some more things to do that his kind of happy-go-lucky character in the first two movies – didn't, I mean, not happy-go-lucky, but just a lighter character, didn't really get to delve into until this time.
1: I really enjoy these characters. That was one of the first things that stood out to me uh, going into this movie as I'm watching these people pop back up on the screen. I'm going, Man, I like hanging out with these people, and that's that's saying something. That's a, if you can do that as a movie, you're halfway there. Because if, mm-hmm. as an audience member, I'm going, I want to spend time with these people, then I'm not going to be, you know, thinking about being bored or those kind of things. Because I'm hanging out with friends, and I really feel like the first movie did such a good job at building the com- camaraderie between this group that I've just bought into it, you know, ever since. And so I, I agree. I, I like these characters. I like Newt. I like Thomas. Um, you know, there are other characters in this that pop up that I don't want to necessarily spoil that I'm also glad to see and, uh, you know, interested to see those dynamics. So, you know, overall, mm-hmm. that was definitely on the plus side for me was just spending time with these characters and kind of seeing where they were going. Um, I thought was a positive. The other positive I've always had, uh, about these movies. And I guess this, I'm sure this comes from the books, although I guess I shouldn't be too sure since I haven't read them. Um this story is always willing to take risks with its characters. And there's so many times you feel like you know what the typical thing a movie does is and this story doesn't necessarily do that. It's willing to put characters' lives at risk and willing to kill off characters and it's been that way since the, you know, the first movie. And I find that thrilling. I find the idea that nothing is set in stone Uh, Other than I, you know, um, well, I guess I shouldn't even say that, but nothing is set in stone that you can, you know, that a movie is willing to be risky enough to, you know, make those choices uh, I find to be engaging in something I really enjoy about these movies.
0: Oh, yeah. And I think some of that comes from the fact that both the books and the the movies kind of came in the wake of the Hunger Games series Mm -hmm. and that people... In both, like the literary business and in the movie making business, we're like, oh, we can we can actually push some of the things that kids can watch and understand because um, I think a lot of times uh, adults tend to underestimate what kids can handle and what kids can. And I'm using kids liberally. I mean, like teenagers sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, can handle and want to consume and stuff like that because they still see them as like little children and I think that this did a good job of kind of pushing that without being like alright we're you know in full on R rated territory
1: yeah no I totally agree anything else you wanted to mention as far as the, the positives go
0: no no I think we kind of covered it loved all the acting I think was really good um, even when sometimes they aren't given the best stuff to work with
1: yeah but, Yeah. no I think the performances are good uh, you know the guy that's um, Littlefinger, Peter Baelish on Game of Thrones, you know, he does a great job here. Uh, the, he does
0: creepy real well.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, he he knows <laughs> he I don't I don't trust that man. Um, and that's that's a testament to his acting. I'm sure he's super duper nice in the real world. Uh, the only other thing I would mention on the positive side is something that may be a negative to a lot of people. Um, and so I guess it's more of a caution than a positive. But the movie is good at. Action. The opening action scene is really compelling, very interesting, very well shot, very well done. And there's action throughout this movie that is the same way. But it's also very, in many ways, um, I'm going to say, fast and furious style action, where mm. it's it's silly, it's ridiculous. Like this stuff is not. It, you 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 will possibly, if you get caught up in it, roll your eyes at a lot of the action and the things that are happening uh, those kind of things. So if, if that's there's a, uh, go ahead.
0: There's a moment that I think illustrates this really well in the movie without really spoiling anything. Some characters show up and there's a character that you don't really expect. And he says, I picked up a stray. Oh, wait, she says, I picked up a stray. And it's so that fast and furious kind of like cheesy quippy right. one liner yes. that like, if you just let yourself kind of roll your eyes and go with it, it's fun. But yeah, I, again, I just, like you said, totally see how that might not be something that people like.
1: The reason it doesn't bother me is I'm fine with it if the movie gets what it is. And I think this movie understands what kind of movie it is enough that it's not trying to be something it's not. It's the reason I've given into the Fast and Furious movies and had a good time with them is because they're, you know, they are what they're trying to be. They are succeeding at what they're setting out to do. And I think this movie kind of has that same thing where it knows it's a silly, ridiculous action movie in a lot of ways and it's kind of given into that. And if you're shooting the action and having fun with the action in an interesting way, then I'm going to be on board. I'm just, you know, I'm going to be interested in it and excited about it. So, um that's probably the only other thing I would say could fall on the positive side but also could, you know, fall on the negative side for a lot of people as well. We want to get into the negatives?
0: Yeah, let's.
1: What what didn't you like about this movie?
0: Um and this this maybe goes with since I've read the books, I I don't know. It it maybe is more of a negative than it would be to other people. You mentioned the whole zombie thing. They did course correct a little bit in this movie and that I they're agree, like yeah. we see a few of them talking um and it's a little less zombieish, but it's not I mean and maybe you know books are so subjective um but in my mind I would never pictured zombies when I was reading the books. They were very much just like sick and dying people almost like rabies manifests yeah. in like a dog. Like, well, I, my, the which I guess is so close to zombies, like I'm splitting hairs, but it, it there's a difference. No, to me. It's not no, just there's a difference. Mindless, yeah.
1: Yeah, I I think you're absolutely right. The third movie, I was like, oh, it's a disease. <laughs> like yeah. for for whatever reason, in the second movie, it was like you know I guess zombies were big, and so they wanted to emphasize you know the zombie aspect of it. But um, but no, in this movie, it felt like oh no, there's just been an outbreak of a disease. And, you know, part of the, the advanced stages of this disease is, you know, you lose your, your mental, you know, uh, capabilities and you, you're more aggressive. And I, I get that. But, you know, the stumbling down a hallway, I mean, there's some of that here as well. But, you mm-hmm. know, z- we all know the zombie walk, right? We all know what that looks oh, yeah. like and, and that kind of thing. And it's definitely something they tried to emphasize. And I think you're right. I think I think it would have been better if they had just you know, understood that this is a a disease that's happening to people. And I think the third movie does that uh, a little bit better.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I guess that kind of turned into a positive compared to the previous movie. But I still (laughs) think that they didn't elevate it enough to just a disease. It still felt like I was watching like a a zombie-esque movie. Mm -hmm. And I didn't necessarily want that. Um, I sort of felt like this movie was very breakneck Um, in that they were just like action sequence after action sequence. And it, there were sequences where they stopped and talked. Like I'm sitting here remembering them, but just my feeling in the theater was very much that it was like, all right, and now we're doing this and now we're doing this and now we're doing this. And there were two different times in the movie where it was very heist movie. We have all the people having their specific roles that they have to play. And, you know, even though things go wrong, somehow everything ends up coming together without a hitch. And it felt a little too perfect and like tied up in a neat little bow where like people had to run away and do different things. But then everybody ended up coming back together.
1: I think, uh, I think what I strange to me. Yeah, no, I think what I felt that is similar to what you're talking about is the movie feels and you call it breakneck. I think it feels uh, a little bit muddled in that there's so, so many plot movements that it's trying to do. It almost feels like a book to movie syndrome where they feel like they have to touch on all these chapters that are in the book. Harry Potter movies dealt with this quite a bit that it almost feels like there's so many things stacked on top of each other and it moves from, you know, one to another to another, you know, quickly that it's just like it's like, you know, trying to stuff too much stuffing in the stuffed animal, like, you know, it's just it it feels like it's going to burst at some point. It's almost as if they they could have done a better job Picking what's really important and leaving some of that stuff off the movie and uh, and finding, you know, the important through lines and really honing in on making it a tight movie. Because that's really my only complaint is it just it feels like it's overly stuffed and it's it's too long. You know, it's two hours and 20 minutes long and, you you know, you can feel it by the end.
0: Yeah, it was I mean, it's as long as Star Wars and that's crazy for this type of movie Mm -hmm. to me that like. A movie that has a pretty big budget, but is still, you know, it's being released in January. As much as that is a stigma, it's kind of true yeah. that you know it's not going to make as much money, and it's still this very long movie. And I felt it by the end. I was slyly checking my my phone to see what time it was.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I would have been doing the same, but I was in one of those theaters with zero tolerance policy, and I was like, I am not getting kicked out. Well, uh, there I were
0: like le- 10 other people in the theater because I saw it Thursday night and apparently this didn't warrant droves of people going out for the for the Thursday night screening. So there was nobody around me. So I don't think I was heating no, no. on anybody's enjoyment.
1: I, <laughs> I actually, I've said it on the podcast before, I think people are way too up in arms about the phone thing in theaters. Um, I just, I was in an environment where they are very, oh, yeah. very uh, almost police state about <laughs> that kind of stuff. And I was like, I don't want to <laughs> risk it. Um, so, so yeah, it definitely felt it's time. Uh, that was really my main issue with the movie, uh, because I, I, you know, I enjoyed a lot of it. So I wasn't, you know, it wasn't like I ever was at a point where I was like, Oh, come on. When are you going to be done? It was more of just like, is this still really going? (laughs) So this is more like that with any other negatives you wanted to bring up.
0: No, I think just overall, the movie was very decent and like. I had fun, you know, there was nothing that was super amazing, but there weren't really any things that were, like, unbelievable or crazy. I think they did a good job of, oh, this is kind of a positive, but I really think they did a good job of my main problem with the first movie in that I just did not believe that they would put kids through this for this reason. Them showing the disease, specifically there's a little girl that we actually get to see who has the disease Mm -hmm. and what she goes through, and they made um, the main bad lady... They made her, I forget her name, they made her seem a little bit more human than we'd seen before, and I think they did a good job of playing that side of it, and it helps that the main female, uh, Teresa, was on that side for this movie, and you Mm kind of get to see things from both sides that we didn't really get in the other two movies.
1: Yeah, it did a good job at balancing kind of that both sides kind of thing. I will say I had a similar reaction at the end of this movie that you had at the end of the first movie. Uh, I think the resolution to this movie is really silly uh, and really ridiculous in some ways. And maybe we can talk about that in, uh, in some spoiler chat uh, when we get to that. But um, all that to say, I still think I'd recommend it, especially if you really liked the first movie and you want to see how these characters finish up. I think technically there are five books, so they could do more. But um, but I'm guessing the response hasn't been enough for them to want to do more. And I know they're kind of promoting this as the final chapter in the saga. So uh, we'll see what happens. But, um, but yeah, if you've invested in this series at all, I think it's worth a watch. Otherwise, maybe not. Maybe, you know, rent it at some point just in case you're curious. But, but that's kind of my recommend. What would you say?
0: Uh, yeah, it's kind of on the same. We seem to have been on the same page this whole time in that if you enjoyed the previous movies – it's a fun time. I think that they, uh, yeah, I just think they did a good job of kind of continuing with what they had already set up. And you'll enjoy it if you enjoyed the first movies. It's not like a slog. Like, I didn't hate my my time in the theater. I don't wish I got the time back or anything like that. I don't think I'll watch it again, but but Yeah. <laughs>
1: There you go. It's Maze Runner, The Death Cure. It is in theaters now, about two hours and 22 minutes long. Uh, I think is the final runtime on that. It is PG-13 for some sci-fi action and violence, uh, some PG-13 language as well, and some of the themes. Probably put it there, too. So there you go. Check it out if you want. Let's move on to the Best Ever Challenge. We're going to do Best Ever Movies with the word run in them, Low. Uh, so yes. now th- you can be as creative with this as you want. It just has to have those three letters in the title somewhere. Are you in so running runner? Um, I was trying to think of another word that might have run in it somewhere. Uh, crunch, <laughs> crunch has the word run in it. So, you know, just whatever you can find works for me. We'll go number three to number one. Also do some honorable mentions after we've done that. Why don't you kick us off? Uh, what's your number three best ever movie with the word run in it?
0: Man, I had trouble with this because there's a lot of movies that have run in the title, and I've seen like four of them. (laughs) Maze Runner (laughs) is one of them. Um, But my number three, I'm going to go with Chicken Run.
1: (laughs) Very nice. (laughs) You remember that movie. Of course I remember that movie. In fact, I'm going to have to trump you on that one. We'll talk about that one in a bit. I actually have it higher on my list. So, And by the way, if I mention one you've got higher on your list, feel free to trump me as well. Uh, We'll do. My number three is Run, Fat Boy, Run. Uh, did you ever see that one?
0: I remember it, but I don't think I ever watched it. So this is Simon I remember it coming out.
1: This is Simon Pegg, uh, who you know from like the Edgar Wright movies. He's also, oh, yeah. uh, you know, been in various and sundry things that you would. Know. Star Trek is probably actually the biggest one that most people know him uh, from. Um, he's great. One, of, I guess, Mission Impossible too. I guess I should say he's in a ton of stuff. Um, oh any- yeah. Anyways, he's a ton of fun, and this is a movie about him. Deciding to train to do a marathon. I should say it's fiction. It's not like it's real life or anything. And it is just hilarious. It's fun. It's interesting. It actually has a nice heart to it, which I wasn't expecting. Um, So, yeah, if you haven't seen Run, Fat Boy, Run, and you like Simon Pegg as an actor, uh, this is definitely one you want to seek out and find a way to watch because I think it's a lot of fun. So that's my number three is Run, Fat Boy, Run. What do you got at number two?
0: My number two is Cool Runnings. Do you
1: remember that? Cool Runnings is my <laughs> number two as well.
0: Yeah, right. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's a, I just recently rewatched it. Um, cause it's on Netflix and it's, it's, I wouldn't say it holds up amazingly, but I have so much nostalgia attached to the movie. Right, exactly. I just had so much fun rewatching it and like the little one for the money, two for the rhyme. Come on, boys, it's bobsled sled time. It's so great. The characters are so fun. It's it's just a really fun movie. It's not particularly deep. And, you know, the fact that it's very loosely based on a true story is kind of fun, too.
1: Oh, it's great! It, I think John it holds Andy. up well. You
0: can't go wrong.
1: No, I I think it holds up fairly well. Um, it's really funny. Again, it's very heartfelt. It is one of those movies that has a line in it that is one of my most oft quoted in real life lines. You know how you have those movie quotes that you just use in real life every once in a while. Uh, for yeah. for me, one that I use all the time. Uh, you know, if I'm having trouble getting one of my boys out of bed or whatever, I'll say, "Sanka, are you dead," and you know, it's just. <laughs> It's just something that's part of my life and they'll say, yeah, and we'll move on with our day, you know, but I, I love it, it. it's just such an enjoyable watch. You're right. There's probably a lot of nostalgia there that that influences that opinion. But um, but yeah, it's that's a fun one. That's 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 been around. I'm trying to think. I think that came out in like the early 90s. Am I
0: wrong? 93. About that? Yeah. I was three years old when this movie came oh, out. You're, so you're I'd, killing it's me. been around my whole life. Oh, you're <laughs> killing
1: me. You don't even want to know how old I was when that movie (laughs) came out. Uh, All right. Cool running's in at number two for both of us. So uh, go ahead and do your number one then.
0: My number one is A River Runs Through
1: It. Yeah, that was in my honorable mentions. That's a good choice.
0: Oh, I adore this movie so much. It's one of my dad's favorite movies, and I've seen it with him way more times than I care to mention. I own it. I watch it at least two or three times a year. It's just such a comforting movie for me because I – there's again, kind of like with Cool Runnings, there's a lot of nostalgia attached to it, but it also just, I think it's such a great story. And I don't know, it just, it like it touches something in me that makes me cry every time I see it. And I love the acting. And very sunburnt, naked Brad Pitt is also pretty <laughs> funny. <laughs>
1: very sunburnt, naked Brad Pitt is on the <laughs> list of top, you know, types of Brad Pitt. You know, it's probably in there somewhere. <laughs> Um, so yeah, river runs through it. I enjoyed, uh, it's, it's not something that connected to me in a deep way, but it's very well done. And it's certainly a movie that I, you know, I understand the love for it and understand kind of the emotional attachment to it. It's, you know, it it definitely feels, I wouldn't say melodramatic, but it, it has that, um, you know, that, that kind of really go for the jugular, you know, kind of feeling with the emotions and, uh, Sometimes that can be a little off putting to me, but I didn't mind it so much in River Runs Through It. Uh, you know what this means, Lo? Yeah, I do. This means my number one is Chicken Run. Uh, I love that movie. <laughs> it's it's my favorite movies of all time. Like it is, uh, the guys at, at Ardman that do Wallace and Gromit and you know the stop motion stuff. Uh, I think it may be their best film. It is funny and interesting and fun and, uh, you know, uh, uh, voice performance from Mel Gibson of all people. Uh, it's just, it's, I think a really great experience. And again, one of those movies that I'll just have scenes pop into my brain, you know, every once in a while, because it just sticks with you, uh, in that way. So what's been your experience with it?
0: I actually haven't watched it in a long time, so it might have made it higher on the list. Um, I haven't seen it since I was probably in elementary school. It's been a while. Um, So I can't speak too much to it. I remember loving it a lot. I have like very specific sequences that stand out in my mind um that I don't really know how they fit into the story because like I said I haven't seen it in a long time, <laughs> but I have a lot of good feelings. What? I told you, I've seen like four movies that have the word run in them what somehow. Is, what's
1: what's one of the sequences that you remember from Chicken Run that pops out to you?
0: Um I remember something with like balancing on a ball maybe. <laughs> it's it's very fuzzy. <laughs>
1: It's a, it's a beautiful escape movie, right? Like they're, you know, they're trying to yeah. escape their coop and, you know, this awful farmer and uh, farmer's wife, you know, are, are trying to build this incredible machine that will, you know, chop them up automatically into, you know, chicken pot pies. And, uh, and, you know, this one, uh, rooster has been trying to escape for so many years, uh, or no, I should say one chicken has been trying to escape. The rooster actually accidentally ends up in there with them. And so then it becomes kind of a teamwork on how are they going to escape. And they eventually like build a plane of all things and, you know, fly out. Uh, It's which I love the beauty of the irony since chickens can't fly that they actually do fly the coop uh, with an actual airplane. I think it's hilarious. Uh, It's just really smart and clever and fun. And it's definitely worth a rewatch. If you haven't seen it in a while, uh, I would definitely you know pull it out and pop it in and and check it out because it's a lot of fun. Did you? Have, okay, so I'll have to look into that. Yeah, absolutely. Did you have any honorable mentions?
0: Uh, no. <laughs> like I said, there were some other movies that I had certainly heard of um, and was pretty sure I'd seen, but nothing that really stuck out in my mind to really give me a legit like runner-up.
1: <laughs> it was, uh, I get it, runner-up, very nicely uh, done, low. Um, the one that was mentioned in the chat was my clear number four, which is Run Lola, Lola Run. I that is a high recommend for me. Uh, It's really interesting and fun. Um, It's, you know, one of those mile a minute movies. It is an escape movie in its own right. Um, So definitely check out Run, Roll, Lola, Run. The other ones I would mention are the ones that everybody thinks about, like The Running Man, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and, you know, that reality show, Uh, Run, Cannonball, Run, Midnight Run, Logan's Run you know just kind of those kind of sci-fi movies I haven't even movies, seen so. Blade
0: Runner which I should but like even that I was like dang it like I haven't seen that and I haven't even seen the new one so like those would probably end up you know being in the running somewhere but
1: I uh, in the running I get it um no. <laughs> <laughs> I am a you know sh-
0: this has been all unintentional I'm not trying to of be course no you're
1: a genius you're a genius wordsmith <laughs> uh i am actually ashamed to admit i did not even think about the fact that blade the blade runner movies would be in this now i don't really enjoy the first one but i definitely would have put at least uh, in my honorable mentions the new one blade runner 2049 uh would definitely at least be in my honorable mentions so uh may have replaced may have come in at number two actually uh it would have you know fought it out with chicken run for number one so uh i just didn't even think about it totally missed that one so thanks for bringing that one up (laughs) welcome. There you go. Those are our best ever run movies. Before we get on to the SIFT quest, just a reminder that this podcast is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network and is supported by people just like you who give three bucks a month uh, or more to support what goes on at the Podcast Network. Heads up, right now we are prepping our annual gift that goes to our $10 a month or more supporters. Uh, and it is really fun. You may have seen, I I tweeted out a picture of what we're sending to our supporters for an annual gift this year, and I really love it. So if you're interested in that, again, it starts at $3 a month. You also get an ad free uh, podcast feed of your own as a supporter that also comes with bonus episodes. For instance, the bonus episode for this episode of Sif Pop was a chat about the new movie Hostels. So, reviewed that a little bit in the bonus app. So, you can check that out at the Patreon. It's patreon.com slash DNA. You can also check out what other podcasts are there. Uh, maybe something else that you would enjoy as well. Again, that's patreon.com slash DNA. All right, let's move on to the SIFT quest. This comes from Cameron via email. Uh, He says, January and February are my least favorite months for movies. Since I have a bit of spare pop culture time, can you name a few things I can fill it with? Uh, I don't think you're alone, Cameron. Uh, It is definitely, I don't know. Is there a worse time for movies than the beginning of the year?
0: Nah. I think September would sometimes give it a run for its money, but it's been getting better in recent years. I mean, I'm pretty sure it came out in September this year, so.
1: The only things that, what's interesting is the the things I feel like I would encourage people to watch during, especially January, are the awards movies that came out, you know, in December. There's not really a lot of stuff that actually comes out this month, or especially, you know, February. Although that, you know, it is shifting a little bit earlier. There's some stuff that comes out, especially towards the end of February, that's that's better. But I'm totally with you on this. Lo, what's something we can encourage Cameron to do with his spare pop culture time?
0: Uh, what I always love doing is re-watching a, a beloved, specifically comedy TV show. I think they're really easy to just kind of like watch a few episodes every night. If you haven't seen Parks and Rec, it's my all-time favorite. Where have you been? That would be a suggestion for me. Um, that's what I always end up doing when I don't have a lot of time to go places and see movies. I'm just always rewatching some comedy at some point.
1: That's a that's a great call. Um, you know, so many of the old school sitcoms are available now. I think Friends is on Netflix. Uh, you can check that. Ooh, out. I just
0: rewatched that over the summer, actually.
1: <laughs> like the whole thing?
0: Uh, yeah, wow. I had a newborn baby. I wasn't going anywhere.
1: <laughs> How's it hold up?
0: I loved it. I would actually never seen it. I shouldn't have said rewatch it. i would oh, never okay. seen friends. Um, I was a little young for it. And then also I lived in France for a lot of the time that it was on the air. So I didn't really get a chance to see it. And then I just never did. And I was like, you know what? I'm sitting here feeding my baby every two hours. I can't go anywhere. I have a TV and Netflix going to watch friends. And I did. It took me like two months.
1: Yeah. That was one thing I would recommend is if you have Netflix, um, they are so on point right now with binging. They, their whole system is set up just to let you hit play and enjoy you know, what you're seeing. Uh, find a TV show you've heard good things about and just you know, binge it on Netflix, I think, is probably what I would recommend. If you don't have Netflix, uh, I'd highly recommend getting it. It really is the best internet streaming uh, experience that's available right now. Uh, it is so user-friendly, so beautiful. Uh, they do such a good job with the, you know, the quality, uh, depending on your internet connection, those kind of things. So, um, I highly recommend that, uh, you know, finding a TV show to binge, uh, chat mentioned the,
0: go ahead. If you can't get a hold of Netflix, uh, I know sometimes money is tight, especially right after Christmas. Um, the CW actually streams all of their shows for free, so you can go back and watch some of their more recent stuff, which is another way to fill some time. There's a lot of great superhero, well, great might be subjective, there's a lot of superhero <laughs> TV shows on the CW right now. I uh, cannot recommend iZombie any higher than, any, oh, it's so good. Uh, iZombie is my favorite show on that tv channel right now so if, if you're hitting up
1: uh, cw i'd recommend the flash uh i think they're doing mm-hmm. good work on that show um i've been really impressed with this season of the Flash. i mean i've always enjoyed the flash but this season i'm like yeah man they're they're really understanding these characters and i i enjoyed the flash in the the justice league movie um i'm mean, his name slipping my mind right now but i man i still wish it had been grant uh doing it uh, just because he's so good as the flash so yeah i'd recommend that as well uh the other thing i was going to mention has actually been mentioned in the live chat as well which is find a movie you love that was based on a book and read the book you know kind of see how it was changed how things are different um you mentioned doing that with maze runner lo and i think that's a yeah. it's a really interesting way to interact with media that you love you may find yourself um not enjoying the book as much um, or you may find that you enjoy it more because it expands the world, which actually I think is probably the more likely scenario uh, just because books can do such a better job at you know filling out that space um, you know, with those pages. So, what's been your experience with reading a book after seeing the movie?
0: I love reading. I read a lot, and so I'm always reading books right before movies come out or right after i I always try and read most books, provided that I like the movie, I'll go back um if you're looking for a good one, that's a recent movie. This was actually my buried treasure one time that I was on here like a year or two ago. Mm -hmm. Um, The, the novel that the Martian was based on, which is also called the Martian. um, So funny, such an interesting way to tell a story. If you liked the Martian, which was fantastic, in my opinion, it was like one of the best movies of that year.
1: Oh yeah. definitely. The
0: novel does such a good job. I mean, it's, it was what the movie is based on. And the movie didn't just make up all of that humor out of nowhere. The, the book is so funny while still being very intense, just like the movie. It's one of the most rewarding experiences going back and reading a book after seeing a movie that I've had because it's, it's, it was different enough, but so funny in the way that he writes the way that the author writes all these different audio logs that he's leaving or it's just so funny. That's the only word I can use. It's funny and great.
1: Um, I actually haven't read it, but that's what I've heard. I've heard the book is incredible and hilarious. So, yeah, that's a good one to check out as well. Hope that helps you out, Cameron. Thanks for getting in touch with us. If you would like to leave a SIFT quest for us to go on, feel free to uh, tweet it at me at Aaron Dicer, A-A-R-O-N-D-I-C-E-R. My DMs are always open, so you can leave it there if you need to say more than the characters allow you to on Twitter. Uh, You can also email us at feedback at SIFTpop.com. We get it that way as well let's finish off with our buried treasure lo what's that one thing in any area of pop culture that you want to make sure people know about
0: this is only something that's a year old but i've been revisiting it over the last week um it's the new legend of zelda game that came out last year for nintendo switch and wii u breath Breath of of the the wild Wild. yeah i loved it when it came out i powerhoused through it it was right before i gave birth so i was like Bedridden practically, and now they actually have a couple DLCs that have come out. And the second DLC that just came out in December is an entire new dungeon, a um, bunch of new storyline, new shrines. It's so much fun, and it's brought me right back into the world. And I like ran through all of the the DLC stuff, and I'm right back just playing the game, trying to find Korok seeds and stuff. So if you're a gamer. Um, whether or not you checked out Breath of the Wild when it came out, I can't recommend it highly enough. It's really, really good. It definitely deserved all of its 10 out of 10s that it got last year when it came out. So,
1: I, uh, I, The Zelda games are the games that always make me wish I was still a quote-unquote gamer. You know, like that I still had you know, the time to invest in actually playing video games like that because, man, watching my boys play Breath of the Wild, I'm just like, oh, that'd be so fun to dive into that world and figure out the game mechanics. And, you know, Zelda's always been a really fun puzzle game for me, too. I love the way it, you know, designs its puzzles, the way you have to get through them. Uh, It's just, it's right up my alley, but I just, I I don't have the time, you know, to invest in the video game side of my world as much as I wish I did. Um, So, but man, Zelda games always look like they're the best.
0: Yeah, it's Super fun. And this one kind of bucks tradition in a lot of ways. Um, It did a lot of different stuff that the recent Zelda games have not been doing, but they did it so well um, that it's it's so fun to see the Zelda lore in a new light and in a new type of game.
1: Very nice. My buried treasure, uh, is a show that I finally caught up on. Um, it's called Marvel's runaways. And this is a a comic story that they put out apparently just more recently. Um, and it's still like, I think it's still like a decade old. So I think it was in the early two thousands when they released the comic version of this, but I say more recently than like, you know, the Marvel movies that you know of those kind of things have obviously been around a lot longer. But this is a story of a group of kids who find out that their parents are involved in something nefarious and also are discovering that they have these interesting superpowers that they can use. Uh, And I'm really enjoying the TV show. Uh, My wife and I kind of binged through it uh, the first, I think, 10 episodes that have released. And it is one of those that it's not going to win a lot of awards. It's not like brilliant in that way. But it's engaging and interesting, and most importantly, as I even mentioned earlier on in the episode, you like these characters, and you like spending time with them. And that's not always the case, so I've, I've really been enjoying uh, Marvel's Runaways. Have you had a chance to, to see that I, at all?
0: I haven't. I've heard of it. Um, I haven't actually gotten my butt in gear to watch it. I want to. I think it looks really good, and the trailers are intriguing. But yeah, I haven't, haven't gotten around to it.
1: Yeah, it's definitely one that, uh, and I think, as with all Marvel stuff, it actually does you know take place in the MCU. So there might be some you know tie-ins here and there, stuff that oh, happens. I did not know that. Yeah, I, we haven't seen anything uh, explicitly like that, but it's always interesting with the Marvel TV universe. I love that it that ties into the greater MCU. You'll see, you'll hear stuff in the Netflix shows like Daredevil, those kind of things. Um, you'll also, you know, see agents of shield. I don't know if you're still, you know, catching up with that, but, um, it is definitely, definitely interesting for me to kind of keep in mind that they're all thinking this is all happening in the same universe, which is, which is a lot of fun. By the way, it is a Hulu original. So that is the only place to, to check it out is if you have Hulu, uh, you can see it there. And I think they have a free version. Of hulu if you wanted to do it that way but we found it very interesting and something that definitely has kept our attention well we did it low we did a podcast Woo-hoo! yeah podcasting Woo! has happened Thanks so much for joining us today for Sif Pop. It is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other live and later shows on the network by following us at Spreaker, Spreaker.com slash Studio DNA. Uh, you can also download the Spreaker app if you want to do it on your mobile device, or you can go to Spreaker.com slash Studio DNA to see all the old episodes, comments on the episodes. It's a great place to interact with Sif Pop Podcast. Huge thanks again to today's guru. It's the Curious Low.
0: Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank anything, you uh,
1: anything you want to promote? Anything you got going on that you want people to check out?
0: At the now? <laughs> Not necessarily <laughs> because of the whole being a parent thing. My online presence has dwindled as of yet. But if you are a Disney fan... And you have an Instagram and you like following Disney-type things. I actually have two Instagrams because I live right next to Disneyland. I used to work there. I'm actually going there once we're done recording this. <laughs> um, nice. I'm there all the time. Um, I have two Instagrams that I have. One is Disney with Lauren, which is just, like, pictures from the park. And the, extra, the other one is uh, Daily Disney Trivia, which I post daily Disney trivia. There's a trivia question every day. It's something that's easy for me to do while I'm watching my son and – you know feeding him and changing him and all that sort of stuff i can just quickly post a picture or two every few days that's cool yeah you can find me there also my twitter is the curious
1: love much love and gratitude as well to our patreon supporters for giving monthly to make this show and others on the network possible support starts at three bucks a month comes with some pretty fun perks you can find out more at patreon.com slash studio dna Lots of ways to connect with the podcast. You can leave comments at Spreaker. You can email us feedback at siffpop.com or you can tweet at me. I'm Aaron Dicer on Twitter. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like it too, so let them know about it and that listening is much easier than traveling by crane bus. <laughs> Spoiler chat for this week's movie will be next up in your podcast feed and we'll see you back next week with I think a special Swift Sift possibly going to have my wife come on and talk pop culture and what it's like to be married to somebody who's this much into pop culture. So we'll see how that works out. and We'll catch you next week.